this encounter service. I want to um, talk to you tonight out of one of many of my favorite stories in the Bible, but one of the favorites that I have is that of Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, 38, 39. It talks about this man, and I want to um, look at tonight just defining character because I believe that there's something interesting here that I want us to look at, but I believe that he exemplifies that trait of having godly character. And so I want to focus most of our time uh, spent here uh, this evening when he was in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's officers, as we know. He was a captain of the guards. He purchased Joseph Uh, from the Ishmaelites because Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and everything that Joseph placed his hand upon, it became blessed and God honored the work of Joseph. The scripture tells us that Potiphar entrusted Joseph by leaving everything in his hands. In fact, Potiphar didn't even know exactly what he had except the food that he ate. And there was no one greater than Joseph in Potiphar's house. Uh, A clear example of the depth of Joseph's character is found whenever he handled the way he handled himself with Potiphar's wife. Because Joseph was extremely handsome, he was a good-looking man, and I'm sure that Miss Potiphar was an attractive woman. But when she began to uh, look up on him in a lustful way and, and tried to get him to lie with her, Joseph refused, but every day she kept coming and pursuing him. And that's how the enemy will wear us down. He will come at us every day and entice us to compromise. He will entice us in small ways and seemingly insignificant ways for us to compromise until we find ourselves doing things that we never believed that we would do. Amen. But you see, he refused the, the, uh, every seductive advance. And then one day she grabs his coat and says, come lie with me. He left his garment in her hands and fled and ran outside. And it was uh, by this time we see that there was, uh, there was within the kingdom, uh, Joseph was in a place of authority, but yet Miss Potiphar was also in this place of authority. And we see that, that she would continue to have these advancements upon her. And Potiphar's wife falsely accuses Joseph for trying to rape her. And he spends the next 12 years in prison for something he did not do. Joseph did the right thing, walked this out in integrity, and was uh, punished as a rapist for it. Think about that. If there ever was a person that needed, uh, uh, should have the right to be angry, if there ever was a person that had the right to say, it was my upbringing and I was in a dysfunctional family, right? Right? 
because here his crazy brothers are selling him into slavery. Now he's dealing with this uh, lady that is should be in a place uh, now where that she has a stature, but yet she does not have integrity. And we see that she is pursuing him. And now he, he does the right thing, but ends up in prison anyhow. How many know that in our modern day, that would cause people to just say, I'm not going to do the right thing. I'm not going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to worship. You know, I did the right thing. I did everything I was supposed to do. And God didn't come through for me. And, 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 and I, I spent these 12 years. And, and he could have gotten bitter over that. But when Potiphar's wife grabbed Joseph's garment, it wasn't the first time that he had been stripped from his clothes. Because you remember that Joseph's brothers, when they sold him into slavery and they uh, was first going to kill him and they took his coat of many colors this coat of many colors represented the favor of his father that was upon his life and his brother stripped him of that coat before tossing him into the pit and leaving him there to die and no doubt the garment Joseph was wearing in Potiphar's house also signified that he was a, a play, in a place of favor, that he was in a place of authority. It identified him as who he was and that he was a representor of Potiphar. It told everybody that he was in a position of authority. But there was a difference in how Joseph reacted to the stripping of his coat of many colors and the garment which he wore in Potiphar's house. Because when Joseph's brothers tried to take his coat, the scripture doesn't tell us that he would go and run away. But when Potiphar's wife grabbed his garments, the Bible indicates that he fled. He ran outside as fast as he could go. He made a choice there that day that he would rather hold on to his integrity than hold on to his favor. How many know that if he would have lied with Miss Potiphar, everything would have still been all right for a while? Huh? It would have it would have went smoothly because Miss Potiphar was second in command there. She was the one in the house, and so everything would have went smoothly for a while. But we know tonight that that the pleasures of the world are good for a season. But how I many know that you can't continue in that process and it doesn't come home? In other words, he said that I, I would rather have my integrity than I would to have this coat of favor that Potiphar has put upon me. And that sometimes in our life when we have to come to that conclusion and say that I would rather be a person of integrity than to have the favor of man upon my life. I would rather have a good name than I would to have your favor placed upon me. I would rather have to go through difficulty and know that I did the right thing than to have your blessing, have your kind words, have all of the accolades that you can place upon me and know in my heart that I have sin in my life. So it isn't something we hear a lot about these days, but it's something that we need and that is integrity. Amen. He refused to sin against Potiphar. 
because Potiphar had put this trust in him. And so if he would have lied with his wife, he would have sinned against Potiphar. He would have also sinned against himself because he knew that it wasn't right. But ultimately he would have sinned against God. And so in this, we see that it's defining character. And and there's several different character traits that we need to value and we need to hold dear in this Christian walk. And first of all, it is that of integrity. Joseph walked with such integrity that he preferred to go to jail over betraying his master. Wow. Wow. He would rather go to jail than to betray Potiphar. Potiphar had entrusted Joseph with his name. He he entrusted him with his power. He entrusted him with his staff. He entrusted him with his entire house and even his wife. And Joseph wasn't about to repay that trust with betrayal. He said, I may go to jail, but I'll still have integrity. Amen. And they don't betray, they, you, you can't betray confidence and you can't be, be uh, somebody that's not trustworthy and still walk in integrity. Amen. You've got to know that, that it's better to, to, to hold your confidence and to hold and, and be trustworthy than it is for somebody to give you a big name. Because it, it's sad to say, but there it is true that there's a lot of folks that are highly esteemed but don't have integrity. Amen. And so we've got to understand at ground level because all of that which is held up falsely, all of that that is, that is, is done in secret will be revealed openly, right? And so it, it behooves us, it, it, it helps us to understand that it's better to be trustworthy, it's better to, for your yes to be yes, your no to be no, and to hold confidence with when somebody gives you something in trust that you hold that in confidence and there's in today we've got it, it is very difficult to find trust nobody trusts anyone anymore we don't trust the school system we don't trust the political system we don't trust our co-workers we don't trust those in authority huh We don't trust family members. Huh? It's hard to find trust. It's hard to find integrity. Because we we have been built this false foundation somehow where that we think that it's all right to just live how you feel instead of living with integrity. But it it, it is it isn't always easy, but it is right. Amen. Joseph's integrity caused him to refuse the sin against Potiphar. Joseph preferred to go to jail rather than to sin against God. He knew that God preserved and protected him from his brothers. And he knew that God somehow would, would protected him from being killed and put, when he was put into the pit. And so he knew that God would save his life if he went to prison. He didn't know how, but he knew he would, right? 
And when his brothers sold him into slavery, he knew that God blessed him and elevated him into his master's house. He knew without a doubt that it was God that was responsible for this favor that was upon his life. And he wasn't about to lose uh, integrity and sin against a God that has taken care of him like that. Joseph preferred going to jail over sinning against himself. He refused to compromise himself by committing this sexual sin, which would have given him pleasure for a season. But why didn't Joseph lay with Potiphar's wife? What kept him from it? The reason is very, very deep. Are you ready for this revelation? Are you ready? It's it's heavy. I don't know if you can handle it or not. So hold on. This is the reason why that Potiphar didn't lay it lie with, uh, or Joseph didn't lie with Potiphar's wife. It was because it was wrong. Amen. It was wrong. And so he didn't, he did the right thing by running away because it was the right thing to do. He didn't do it because it was wrong. Integrity causes us to do the right thing regardless of the consequences. Huh? Of course, when we do something right, we tend to expect to be rewarded, don't we? Isn't that how it's supposed to work? I mean, after all, if we, we paid the price, we did, uh, didn't do the crime, but we've paid the price, we, we stood in integrity, we expect somehow to be rewarded for that. But some even expect, uh, the, uh, you know, the band to play and the party cake to come out and everybody to salute and celebrate us. But there are times that when you do the right thing, all hell will break loose in your life. There are times when Joseph, you just ask him, he did the right thing and yet he got bad results. It would have been much easier for him for a season if he would have just went in and submitted to what Mrs. Potiphar wanted to do. But the fact of the matter is he would have never got where God had called him to be. It was his integrity. It was his decision to say, you may do me wrong. You may put me in another pit. You may put me in prison for the rest of my life. And I don't know how, but I know the God that I serve somehow is going to turn all of this around because I've got purpose. I've got destiny. I've been dreaming a dream and this doesn't look nothing like my dreams. So I know that God has a greater place for me to go. And so I'm just going to keep walking in integrity till I get there. Amen. You see, just as, as jo- Joseph, he did the right thing, he got bad results, but it didn't change what he did. No matter the consequences, he chose to do right. Integrity is not based, uh, integrity is not outcome based, it is principle based. It's not about how I'm going to do this in, in integrity because it's going to turn out like this. It's because I have a principles that I live by and no matter how it comes out, this is how I'm going to do a thing. Integrity can be defined as simply as let your yes be yes and let your no be no. I'm talking about our words. Our words should mean something. 
Thank you, Brother Carl. Our words should mean something. If I say five minutes, it doesn't mean 15 minutes. When I say four o'clock, it doesn't mean six o'clock. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Brian, you're getting nitpicky. Well, I believe that integrity says even in the small things it matters. And so if I, if I tell you that I am going to be at your place at four o'clock and I don't show up till six o'clock, then how are you going to believe me when I tell you that God can heal your body? If I tell you with my words a thing that is minute and small and I don't stand on my word on that, then how can you believe me in a stress-filled situation that I will do my best to do what I said I was going to do? You see, I believe that it does matter. I do my best to be early to appointments. If I see I can't make it on time, I'll try to call and let people know. When I tell my kids I'm going to do a thing, I do my very best to make sure that what I told my kids I'm going to do, I do it. I see it through. Because, first of all, I want them to know their dad is a da dad that keeps his word. But second thing that's running in the back of my mind is my children are getting older. And they, in a couple of years, Jordan won't have to come see me. He won't have to listen to me. I'm going to change a role from a, being a father to being a dad. Right? He's walking with me. And I want him, whenever he is not under my house any longer, to still trust me with my words because he said, I can't remember a time when dad ever lied to me. I can't remember a time when he didn't honor what he said he was going to do. And so now whenever they don't have to trust me, when they don't have to do what I tell them to do, they still want to do that, still want to believe that because all of their life raising up, I've been a man of my word to them. And so even in the small things, even in the small things, we have to keep our word. Amen. First Kings chapter nine and verse four, it said, and if you walk before me as your father, David walked in integrity of heart and uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statues, statues, status and my judgment, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David, your father saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now, whenever I looked at this scripture, I thought that this passage of scripture is very interesting because the standard God uses for integrity is Solomon's father, David. And yet David is an adulterer. He's a murderer. 
And yet God uses this standard for walking in integrity. Now, I have to admit to you, it made me scratch my head for a a little while, but I believe I've come to a conclusion. Integrity is not always determined by what we do right, but rather it is determined by how we respond when we have done wrong. Integrity doesn't say I'm perfect. Integrity says whenever I've done wrong, how do I respond? Integrity is not about me being perfect, but rather about the choice that I've made when I haven't made the right choice. When when prophet Nathan came to David and told him about his sin, he faced it. He took responsibility for it and then he repented, (laughs) right? Here he is showing us the scripture here saying David walked out in integrity and a heart of uprightness. And yet we know the sin, we know the immorality, we know what he did in his life. And yet we know also that David, that David did a lot of things wrong, but there was nobody that could beat David at repenting. He, he, he'd say, yes, I didn't do it right here. And he would fall down and he would call out to God, right? He'd say, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin and my mother conceived me. Behold, your desired truth and inward parts and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all of my iniquity. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew your steadfast and your right spirit within me. Don't cast me away away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. And then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted and deliver me from the guilty bloodshed. O God, the God of my salvation, the tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth praise for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would have given it. You do not delight in burnt offering sacrifice, God, of a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Do not go in your own, your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offerings, whole burnt offerings, and then shall bulls uh, on your on, shall offer bulls on your altar. David here is 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 this uh, probably one of the most popular scriptures uh, is this 51st Psalms, but all through the Psalms you will hear David crying out to God. 
all through the Psalms, he was, he was, he was uh, in this journey, in this process called life, and he would make mistakes, but it wasn't his mistakes that God would highlight. Yes, he allowed us to look at them so that we could look at that and say, hey, I'm just like David, I, I'm on this journey, but we also got to remember why I believe that here he is represented as a man of integrity is because of not because he'd done everything right but because when he did a wrong he repented quickly psalms are full of examples of david's repentance from his sins that is a standard for integrity repentance it's important to honor those who have integrity there are a lot of gifted and anointed people in the pulpits, but unfortunately, they're not un- too enough walking in integrity. And you can be anointed and gifted and not walk in integrity. Amen. And we need godly people today in an, a world that don't know anything about integrity. We've got to keep the standard of integrity in the church. Amen. Because David walked it out. Joseph on the other side, he didn't do wrong, but yet he got punished. He walked out that integrity without making the sinful mistakes that David did. But both of them are known as people of integrity. The thing that I love about Joseph, he he has done unjustly, he has done wrong. He's from a dysfunctional family he gets himself himself he finds himself in all of these situations and circumstances and all of this time don't you know he has to be frustrated in his mind because he knows he's called to greatness He's seen it in his visions and in his dreams. And yet he finds himself being uh, pushed down all the time. But yet God would raise him up. And we've got to remember that. It isn't always going to be easy, but walk in integrity anyways. It isn't always going to be good. And when we do sin and when we do make mistakes and when we do fall, when we do fail, whatever you want to call it, be quick to call on God and get back on track. Amen. Because let's be real, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's important to honor those who have integrity. There's a lot of folks that don't, but there are a lot of people that do. I'm blessed to have my mom and dad here. They are people of integrity. And I've watched them through the years. You know, you all know them as pastor. You know them from the church standpoint and walking in integrity. But I've watched them uh, before they were ever in pastoral leadership and walk in integrity. Even when it cost uh, 
dad. I don't know that some of the things that stick in my mind, probably he's even too old to remember. (laughs) But I, I remember times whenever he would make deals with neighbors of, of uh, one instance of uh, trading some hogs for wood and the man told us give I don't know how many hogs it was two or three hogs and and then we could cut all the wood we wanted because that's how we kept the house warm and I won't go into all of that uh, and then we get a couple of loads of wood out of the man's uh, woods and he says that's all you get and uh I'm thinking he's got a couple of hams that belong to me. Right? I'm thinking I can eat that pig just as well as he can. And if he's going to renege on his wood, then I'm going to go get my pig back. And, uh, and, and I, I seen, I've watched my dad and I've watched my mother and I've watched people uh, cheat them, let them down. And uh, I just, you know, in my spiritual holiness Pentecostal way want to just lay hands on them with a brick and send them on to wherever they're going amen I didn't say heaven because I ain't sure they's going but I'd ask dad why do you let them teach you like that and he always told me this he said because whenever I lay my head down at night on the pillow I can go to sleep knowing I haven't done anybody wrong. I thank God for godly examples. I thank God that there's still people of character. And we need that character. If it costs us favor, if it costs us the opinions of people, we've got to keep favor. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Pastor Carlos that we're working with in Honduras. And we'll be going back there in just a few weeks. And Pastor Carlos is a man that you just have to experience him to to feel his love and his kindness. He's such a kind man. He has such compassion and love uh, for his people and for his land. But... Pastor Carlos was put into prison unjustly, just like Joseph. But Joseph was there for 12 years. Pastor Carlos was there for 13 years. 13 years had done nothing wrong. But the police gathered him up one day, put him in prison, and he was there for 13 years before he ever got to see a judge. And whenever he went before the judge after 13 years in prison, he says, oh, there's nothing to this. Let him out. Now, if anyone had a right to be bitter, huh? if anybody wanted to get angry at the government and hate authority, uh, maybe he'd have a right to do that. He, he could have even been mad at God. God, why'd you let this happen? But he chose integrity. He chose to, instead of getting bitter, instead of getting angry, instead of being a a, a bitter, angry individual that would just die lonely, 
he chose to hold on to integrity. And you know what he did? He went into that prison and he started, they didn't have any church. And he started a church inside of that prison that is built for 700 people. And they've got 2,400 people in it. And he took and he, and he got a little place and he, and he started a Bible study with four other men. And, and whenever I was there last year, they had already, they had built inside. They gave them some uh, space and they built a, 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 a building that's a little bit wider than this, a little bit deeper in this. And there was about 700 men in there that night that he had the responsibility of getting saved, discipleshipping them, baptizing them in water. And now they, they are uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so... Not only has he done that, but now he, because he has gotten out and he has walked in integrity, he has the respect of the other men that are in the area, the other pastors. He, he has become the chaplain of all, they have 21 different uh, prisons in Honduras. He's the chaplain over all of those prisons in Honduras, goes and ministers to them on a regular basis. And uh, whenever I was there, the Lord would tell me one day, ask him, what is on his heart and you are to be a part of the vision and so we were we had some downtime on the day before we left I got me an interpreter I asked him what his vision was I thought maybe it might to be to build a bigger church because his church is packed out and and he whenever he uh, I uh, the interpreter told him I wanted to know his vision. He dropped his head and tears started coming down his face. And he told me, he said, God told me this day would come. And he, he began to share with me about how that he would uh, get these people saved in prison. And then they would come out and they would say, you're my pastor. What am I going to do? And he said, I don't have the money. I don't have the ability to help them. And he said, and he, this is what he said. He said, I see my friends alive one day and bury them the next because they go I don't have the ability to help them don't have the ability to get them started and they go back to the gangs they go back to the drugs and he said I don't want another one of my friends to die and that's the reason why that that we begin to talk about this educational center how that we can put it together and we can bring these men out and we can have a place for them to to be where they can be trained a computer skill how they can be trained as a blacksmith, how they can be trained in wood, but also a spiritual implication upon their life and enable them to go back into society and go back to their family and be men of integrity. Amen. And so it's almost been a year, 11 months now, and God has already given us five acres to build this building on. Already give us the five acres to build this building on, gave it to us. And so if God can give us five acres in Honduras, surely we can raise 10,000 to get this building built in America. Huh? And that, can I get anybody to agree with me? Amen. And so I'm believing God that I'm believing God believing God that when I go back to Honduras in October, I'm believing God that I'll have the money to build this building. I'm believing God. I'm believing God is going to help us. And we're going to see 
other men like Pastor Carlos that are going to come out of incarceration. It don't matter if they were like Joseph and falsely accused or if they were like David and was rightly accused. The end result is you walk it out in integrity, do the right thing. Amen. And so I'm believing that God's going to help us to be a part of raising up men of integrity in Honduras. It is my hope to be able to declare in my life what David declared in his. For as for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. That's my goal. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a person of integrity. And I want God to set me before his face forever. Amen. Praise God. So, Father, I thank you tonight for your eternal word. And I pray tonight in these few moments that we spend in your word that it will just challenge us. God, we aren't here to give rebukes. We're here to give God just reminders of who we are. And as being people of integrity, it don't mean that we're always going to be rewarded. But it does mean that we will be in right standing with you. And God, if that means that we walk it out and unjustly we're accused. Or if we walk it out and we fall, we sin. But it's not in the sinning, it's in what we've done with that sin. We respond to it in an affirmative, in a yes. And we call on your name that our lives can be changed. So I pray tonight, Father, that you would just speak over this word. You would just let it burn in our hearts. Let it be settled upon our minds until we would meditate upon it. And we would search our own hearts. That we would do the right things. And walk in the integrity. Let us have a good name. pray for this tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you need special prayer, you need a touch of God, you just need, you just want to pray tonight. I just want to invite you to come and we'll pray with you on this evening. Any need that you may have. Praise God.